Hello, this is a Solidarity Academy. I'm Gary Thomas. With me is Kelsey Benzina. Hello. Greg Smith. Hello. Our local president, uh, Jason Starr. Hello. And today we have guest Robin Taylor, a chairwoman of the Women's Committee. Hello. We're going to start off with the April meeting minutes. And then we will talk to our special guest, Women's Committee Chairperson Robin Taylor. The UAW Local 249, President Jason Starr, called the meeting to order at 2 p.m. on Sunday, April 18, 2021. Membership performed the Pledge of Allegiance. Membership was led in prayer by Chaplaincy Chairperson Shane Kuhn. Minutes from the March membership meeting were presented to the membership. A motion was made and seconded to accept the, the minutes as presented. Motion was approved by the membership. President Starr called upon Financial Secretary Dana Davidson to read the April 18th executive board letters and meeting minutes. A motion was made and seconded from the floor to accept the, the minutes as read. Motion was approved by the membership. The financial report was presented by Financial Secretary Dana Davidson. A motion was made and seconded to accept and file, file for audit. Audit. Motion was approved by the membership. President Starr asked if there were any new members in attendance. There was one new member in attendance. Guide Gary Thomas was called to present the new member for the purpose of taking the UAW membership oath. The membership stood with the new member and took the UAW membership oath. President Starr opened the floor for reports of delegates, officers, and committees. Motorcycle Committee Chair Josh Curtis. The Motorcycle Committee will be hosting Spring Fling on May 15th. This is going to be an amazing family day of fun. So pack up your family, your off-road equipment, and venture out to South Big Creek Ranch. We'll be having a rubber duck derby, a pot of gold scavenger hunt, and a cornhole tournament along along with ATV, side-by-side, -side, and dirt bike and dirt bike adventures that day. There will be a food vendor, Lip Smack and Barbecue, and the famous snow cone vendor, Mai Tai Snow Cones, and Shaved Ice on the property that day as well. We will be hosting a silent auction for this benefit, and those proceeds are going to help with two people who are fighting cancer. We will have other raffle items available. When the sun starts to set, grab your lawn chairs and come listen to the band play and finish off the evening, re evening relaxing in the beautiful outdoors that makes the areas around the Viking so spectacular. Motorcycle Committee, along with the Veterans Committee, are selling raffle tickets for two Remington shotguns that will be raffled on, off on June 11th. For details on these events, please check out the UAW Local 249 Motorcycle Committee Facebook page or call the Union Hall. Benefits Rep. Steve Hibbs. Reminded, reminded members that the optional life insurance sign-up has now ended and to verify their information at MyFordBenefits online. Please call the hall with any benefits questions during the layoff as we will be open to provide assistance. Education Committee Chair Gary Thomas. This month, the Solidarity Award is going to Dawn Fuzzy Lehman. Fuzzy is a photographer for the award-winning First Local News, a monthly paper a monthly paper made for and by UAW Local 249 members. Don has spent decades volunteering his time to chronicle the experiences, the charity work, and the hardships of UAW Local 249 members. Spending much of his retirement making the hardworking, tough as nails, our workers look good. Don was a clear choice for the April selection of the James Frog Moran Solidarity Award. Bargaining Chairman Jim Fisher's report. Update on COVID-19 at KCAP, we have had a total of 659 total cases and happy to report that we have only had 18 cases in the last 30 days. 
Please continue to follow the protocols and communicate any concerns to your committeemen. By now, all members are aware that KCAP has announced that there will not be traditional vacation shutdown period this year. We are working with the company to increase percentage for days off to ensure that our members can take their UAW negotiated paid time off when they desire. Clothing voucher sign-up is now closed and over 5,100 members took advantage of the UAW Local 249 negotiated benefit totaling over $1.5 million in clothing for our members. Thank you to the members that assisted in handing out the new UAW Ford jackets. Vaccine shots, April 24th in the plant cafeteria. The leadership of the UAW Local 249 recently participated in virtual sub-council meeting. We received updates on several very important issues that have been unresolved. The leapfrog issue remains unsettled, and we have been informed by the national leadership that this issue has been elevated to the UAW legal department. The product investment at Ohio Assembly has also been elevated to the UAW legal department. Update on TFT to in-progression transition. In March, we converted 29 TFTs to permanent in-progression. There will be 31 in the month of April, and year-to-date UAW Local 249 has converted 145 TFTs to in-progression. As of now, we are on temporary layoff through May 16th and scheduled to return on May 17th. The situation has the potential to change rapidly, so please monitor the UAW Local 249 app and Facebook pages for updates. We will push the company to, com to communicate directly as well to keep everyone updated. Currently, all TFTs and in-progressive in members are being coded S-code S for temporary layoff. The S-code is, is a protected code towards continuous service and wage progression, even if coded beyond 30 continuous days. If there is a change or any ad additional communication, it will be passed on to those members impacted. All scheduled vacations through the layoff have been removed, from, removed through the system and members should file for unemployment benefits. The governor and the state legis legislator are not providing us with assistance and are not reporting claim status to the company. This is causing significant delays for our membership, and we strongly encourage members to bring all subpay issues to the union hall or labor relations for direct assistance. Members can also report sub-concerns to the new email at the hall, subissues at local249.org, or by calling 816-454-6333. Jim Fisher concluded his report and took questions from the membership. President Jason Starr's report. Keep our members who we have lost and those that continue to be impacted by COVID-19 in our thoughts. Congratulations to Lawrence Pearson Jr. on winning the special election for B-Crew, Trim, and ECO, alternate committeemen. The Team Solutions contract is set to expire on 425 at midnight. Please be prepared to stand with them if we do not, if they do not, re if we do not reach a fair agreement. Update and extension has been mutually agreed through 429. Thank you to bargaining chairman Jim Fisher for his appearance on the podcast last month and for his smart reaction to the changes to join funds to get the membership the UAW Ford jackets. A special thanks to the members who handed out the jackets and for the members' patience and appreciation. Please remember that when we wear our UAW logo in public, you represent all of us in the organization. We have a layoff in front of us and we are still obtaining details. Be prepared to communicate to leadership, any fellow members who are struggling during the downtime so we can assist them to the best of our ability. It is our responsibility as UAW members. Article 41, Section 2. 
It shall be the duty of each member to render aid and assistance to brother or sister member sister members in cases of illness death or distress and in every way acquit her himself as loyal and devoted member of the uaw this layoff and its impact on our membership again highlights the critical importance of politics and the policy makers we elect jefferson city has embraced corporate demands and has worked to work to slow workers receiving receiving unemployment compensation by refusing to waive the 10-day protest period and been slow in reporting benefit updates. This has drastically slowed down our UAW negotiated subpayments. On the national level, the generational attacks on workers and deliberate offshoring of jobs exploit cheap labor has fundamentally put our country in national security crisis. These failed trade policies are not causing interruptions to our industry. It is widespread across many different products and has the potential to cause catastrophic damage to our economy. These products should be built in our country to prevent us from being held hostage for foreign nations that do not have our best interests at heart. We must elect policymakers that put our economic security and workers first, not short-term corporate interests and profit. We have set up additional tools and resources for our members during the layoff to, to be proactive in assisting with unemployment sub-issues. I would like to again share the new sub-issues at local249.org email. Our union hall will be open to assist with these or, or any other issues. Members should stop by or call the hall at 816-454-6333 for assistance. President Starr concluded his report and took questions from the members in attendance. Old business was open. There was no, new, no old business from the previous month. New business was open. There was no new business presented. Good and welfare was opened. A motion was made and seconded to pass the hat for a member who recently lost his son in a tragic accident. Motion was approved and over $600 was raised by the members in attendance. The membership was reminded and encouraged to participate in the UAW Local 249 Blood Drive on April 21st in honor of a member's daughter who is fighting brain cancer. Update, 49 members participated with 27 being first-time donors. The donations will help provide desperately needed resources for as many as 150 patients. President Starr sought to motion to adjourn motion was made and seconded motion to adjourn was approved there are copies of the previous meeting minutes at the hall and all private proceedings of the union meeting will not be shared on the podcast this episode was brought to you by uaw local 249 the education committee in association with president jason Starr and bargaining chairman jim fisher solidarity forever thank you kelsey do you need to take a breath after that that was a, that was a lot of reading it was so we're going to get right into it. I'd like to introduce uh, our Women's Committee uh, Chair, Robin Taylor. Robin, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing well. How long have you been an employee at Ford? I've been an employee at Ford for six years. How long have you served our local uh, 249? I've served our local 249 uh, at a distance for six years, but up close and personal for the last two. You've done amazing work in the, in, in the, in the last two up close and personal years. <laughs> Um, recently, recently you, you took taken over the the position of women's committee, correct? Yes, yes sir. How, how long have you been the chair? Just a couple of months, a new appointee. What did you do before? Oh, prior to becoming yeah. the women's committee chair, yeah. I was a member of the cap committee. The cap committee. Yes, sir. That, that, that seems like a committee where a lot of our leaders are are coming from. Oh, yes, sir. Yes. Yes, cap committee is a great committee. That's my home away from home, me, sir. Okay, this is my, it's the military. Okay, I'm going to do my thing. Okay. Uh, you, well, you mentioned military service. 
Yes. Right. Uh, how long did you, have you served in the military and what branch? I was uh, in the United States Navy. Go Navy. Go Navy. <laughs> and uh, yes, I, um, I did active, reser- active duty actually and inactive reserves. And that gave me a total of eight years to uh, two years extended. And then I did inactive reserve time. That's awesome. That. So what kinds of things does the, do the Women's Committee do? We are just getting off and running. And so uh, what we're looking into here, and we're going to meet on this in another couple of weeks, is actually uh, choosing the two community organizations that we want to stand behind at Local 249. But our target, our goal, and our main focus is to empower women in our local to become more involved in the local as well as in leadership in the local. What kinds of things are you guys planning for the future? We've got some great upcoming events. I really don't want to tip my hat to everything, <laughs> but um, we we have some fundraisers with popcorn coming up. Uh, great met with an awesome woman who's stepping on board uh, this committee with us. And so stay tuned for self-defense courses for women, for, you know, firearm safety coming up. And, yeah, I love that. And some that. great things coming down the pipeline. That's awesome. Yeah. As people get into uh, union work and as they take leadership roles, they they want to uh, help steer steer the ship in, in a direction that best suits their uh, personal styles. What what style would would you like to see? Uh, what style would you bring to the women's committee and and to take that in a direction that you see fit? Okay, this I don't necessarily wouldn't call it a style, but. Um, because we've always been inclusive. I'm just gonna expand on that and say, hey, everything that the Women's Committee has done, um, it will do, we'll continue to do, but we're gonna just open it up more to empowering women in, in our membership to become more involved, to come out from the plant, come over to the hall and, and be the change they'd like to see. And in that process also, it's normally just been all women. No, we're going to be inclusive, and we have some men that have signed up to come on board and participate in the women's committee as well. Oh, you have some men. Yes, sir. And, and I, you know, in the seven years in the seven years I've been a, a member of our local, uh, this is the first time I've heard men sign up for the women's committee. I'm sure it's happened before. That's in it itself is an accomplishment. Let me jump in here. Um, so the women's committee has traditionally done a lot of great work, um, and mostly uh, of revolved around kids and kids activities which have been great and have always represented the local well you know what we wanted to do for a while is is really push the women's committee to get back to its roots if you will which is about empowerment and the strength that we all know as local 249 members that our women definitely exude on a daily basis Uh, they're they're as tough as they come smart as they come and work harder than anybody else we know Uh, So Robin coming off a cap committee, it was a really easy choice for me uh, to pick her to take on that role because I watched her work on cap. I was so impressed by not only her work ethic, but just her willingness to jump in and take command of issues and oftentimes people. And she doesn't care who you are or what office you hold. She'll put her foot right where it needs to be to get you in line. So she was an easy decision i remember we had went to dinner after a cap event one night and i put her on the spot right in front of everybody she (laughs) probably didn't like it at the time but we were talking about the direction that i wanted the women's committee to go into and i said i got the perfect person to run this committee and she says oh yeah who's that and i put my (laughs) arm around her and i said you (laughs) but she instantly said yes and i have to say 
that from the very minute she took over, she brought uh, an energy to that committee that, that was so desperately needed. She's completely embraced uh, building relationships in the community that build our strength there. And our numbers on the Women's Committee, to be perfectly direct, had dwindled down to a handful. Um, in Robin's last uh, Women's Committee meeting, our conference room was packed. I mean, with I asked her for 20 people, and she delivered 20 new members. So Amazing. it was very impressive. I look forward to working with her and the, the new members on the committee and listening to the ideas that they're bringing. Man, it, it's exciting because that's what I like our standing committees to be is autonomous groups that make their own decisions, drive their own agenda, but most importantly, have the courage and the strength to carry them out to completion. And that's what's what I, what I think Robin's going to bring to the table. And she's going to draw our, our membership into that group. And she's going to build that path so that uh, we'll continue to hand out the Easter candy. But what we really are after is, is our, our women members to be running this local at a level that they should right. be. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, did, did you find it uh, difficult to recruit 20 people in, in such a short amount of time? No, I didn't find it difficult. I just had to, to get out there. And once, once I began to get out there and walk the plant and recruit, spend some time recruiting with a couple of other uh, members, you know, that, and I'm thankful to the ones that chose to, to stay and help out with that. Uh, people were just coming up to me or calling or getting contact with CAP committee members that knew I was on the CAP committee and saying, hey, how do I get in contact with her? I'd like to sign up. I'd like to be a part of that. And, and that was a big help to me. And, and the calls are still coming in. Yeah, I yes, mean, it's awesome. You're doing an amazing. You're doing an amazing job as a standing committee chair, uh, a military veteran, and uh, a member of the CAP committee. Uh, how do those all coalesce into into uh, politics and and the overall general aspect of how how you're leading the the committee for coming forward? They they all come together because it's, it's like a, a chain link fence and one committee connects to another committee which connects to another and so in terms of the military the cap committee all of it involves team building everything revolves a team you can't i was in the navy so one person can't float that boat or make that city float same thing with the cap committee we're a team we're getting out we were getting out there doing the work for the politicians and it took all of us but it also took within that team, you know, everybody stepping up to play a part. And then that transcends into the women's committee. There's going to take a team of us to get in, in out throughout the plant and make a difference and empower those women and find those fired up women that are driven to come into this local and make a difference in leadership and come aboard. Um, so, Robin, as a female who works on the floor, how do you think we can promote more women to get involved? I think we can promote more women to, to get involved is is to extend to be inclusive and extend that that right hand or left hand of fellowship to your brother or your sister and hey i'm involved and this is what i'm doing and, and it's not a private club you know it's for everyone and but me being connected i'm willing to say hey you can come over here with me you can volunteer with me you can participate in any committee you want women's committee yes i'd love to have you but there's several committees over at the hall and this is uh, uh we belong to a local that is inclusive not exclusive so we don't want to exclude anyone we want to invite and welcome everyone and that's what we do that's 
that's been a misconception for a long time. And I think at a certain point in time in the local, that there was some truth to that, right? You know, I think I've touched on it before. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was, you know, new and working the line, you did have to know somebody to get on a committee because, you know, they limited the number of people to be on committees. You know, we changed that uh, rule. We thought it was kind of outdated and, and counterproductive. So myself and Tony Renfro and the rest of the leadership, you know, we, we changed a lot of rules. And that was one of the first ones is how do we increase participation? How do we draw people out? And, you know, that has led to a huge growth in our standing committees and developing new leadership like Robin and Gary mm-hmm. and, and Greg, everybody that's here right now. Kelsey it plays a leadership role at the local. And so that's what all the committees are designed to do. But Robin hit it perfectly that we want to be inclusive. So if you're out there and you're listening and you think, oh, I don't know anybody, well, the best way to get to know people outside your shop floor every day is just come try it out. We're going to give you the opportunity to find your path to leadership, whether it's Women's Committee, CAB Committee, Education Committee, Rec Committee. There's, there's whatever you're passionate about, we got a spot for you and we'll put you to work. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't don't know where to start they want to get involved and they're just like oh i don't know what to do and i associate with the the people on our local now so it's they became my friends um so it's easy to hear the information i'm it's my people telling me you know this saturday we're gonna go do this or um you know whatever community service project we have can you tell us like something meaningful uh you've done with our local like the first thing i ever did was paint a homeless shelter um and that was meaningful to me and now i feel connected to that community um what's something that you've done or with the women's committee or even something you've just heard well there's things i've done the women's committee the most recent was the the orphanage we did the drive for the orphanage Mm -hmm. and with the monetary donations we received i I thought, as well as the committee, we thought it'd be a great thing to personalize that. And so they currently had seven children in-house. So we sent a request over what's one thing they would like the most. And it devastated me that uh, she called me back and said, these kids haven't had anything new personally uh, in years. And so we took that list of wishes and made all those wishes and dreams come true for the kids at the orphanage. That was profound to me. And Being a member of the CAP committee, politics is is my heart. And so for me to get out every day and get on the grind and and door to door, everything for the local politicians and, and the state reps as well, and to walk in the door of the hall and they say, hey, Robin, I was wondering if you were coming today. I'm like, what? You, you know me? Mm-hmm. That that meant something to me because not just my boots on the ground effort for their campaign was it just a herd amongst the cap committee and the local, but she or he saw my works as well, and and that was a pat on the back for me. That was very rewarding. Yeah. So through um, being active in the union, this is where we get our our new experiences and um, all the involvement that that we want from all of our members. It's coming straight from the standing committees. Um, Robin's getting it moving. So that's really cool. Well, thank you. Thanks. And I'd, I'd like to say, uh, first of all, start by thanking Jason for uh, the opportunity of inclusiveness, inclusion. And, and that's por- important to me. And that's key uh, as I embark upon this journey as a women's committee chair is that we be inclusive um, to each and every person out there again. And that's the reason why I wanted to go beyond not just myself, uh, Jason, we all had a conversation just to say, hey, let's offer 
uh, this women's committee to a man as well. And so people think a man, yes. Do you know how many girl dads we have out there or boy dads we have out there or single fathers that are in the plant that are raising three and four girls in a household that might have the best idea ever for the women's committee and it would go unheard if we didn't sit in a position of inclusiveness to say, hey, come aboard and we're welcome to listen to you too. This is just not exclusive. Yeah, that's genius. Thank you. One of the things that I like what you've been talking about is just how your role in the CAP committee kind of is in the background forming what you want to do with the women's committee. And I think people forget sometimes that, that the labor movement and politics and civil rights and women's rights and all of that is so tied together. Um, what what are you doing with that kind of thing? Like, are, 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 Or how is that? helping you focus that's helping me focus i almost said preach brother because that's where it's at but that's that's helping me focus because a, a lot of times we get so caught up in just the the daily plant operation so to speak that you think that you're not connected to the politics in this and you think that you're not connected to that and this just will help spread a light on it all ties together the way we're affected and women having a voice, you know, you got the first, um, she's of several backgrounds, but black happens to be one of them, vice president, female vice president. You take that leadership role and it says to millions of people, you can do anything and be anything you want to be. And so I would like to just say that same sentiment to each and every one of those women that are out in the local 249. You can be any person you want to be within this local. Come aboard. Come on, leadership. We want to empower you. We want to see those strong, dynamic people. And guys out there, you know who they are. You work with them every day. I don't know if it's Miss Mary, KK, or whoever's down the line, but hey, come on over. You are welcome, and please come. That makes a difference in how we do things. Can I give up my chair position and join the women's committee? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready right now. I know. I'm ready right now. Thank you, Gary. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You are just an eloquent, eloquent speaker. And I want, to, uh, I want to thank you again for, for coming on the podcast. We're not done by any means, but I, I'd like to kind of switch the uh, topic back to uh, the politics. Yes. Because, I mean, ultimately, that's, that's where you were born. Yes. And, uh, and the Women's Committee does great work. And uh, I, I have no doubt in the future we are going to see very, very many just amazing things come out of that committee. But, I, again, I want to I go to the politics where we all, we all kind of, uh, our passions all kind of lie for the most part. Uh, recently, and Kelsey mentioned in the, in the uh, meeting notes about subpay. And I, I kind of like the I, I kind of like to go in, and touch on that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and our, it's a contractually negotiated benefit that for our members to re receive uh, su supplemental unemployment benefits on top of our unemployment benefits. But as as we go into a more uh, conservative governorship and uh, conservative uh, Missouri House and Senate we see that our contractual benefits are being met with uh, dis not just, just disgust and disdain. Resistance. But resistance. Yeah. I mean, flat-out resistance. And I want to kind of talk to Jason about that. Jason, uh, you were a uh, – you helped uh, on Jay Nixon's campaign, correct? Right. Uh, could, could you kind of explain to, to us, especially here at the table, who uh, came in at the tail end of uh, – 
Jay Nixon's uh, tenure, uh, how subpay benefits uh, would differ under uh, a, a campaign or a, a governorship More such labor as Nixon, friendly. Nixon yeah. and versus today as uh, <laughs> under uh, Parsons. I think Governor Parson and the, and the state legislature, you know, they make it pretty obvious who they're working for, and, you know, and it's not us. Um, I mean, they delay, distract, and outright deny people uh, benefits uh, that aren't UAW members. Uh, it, it really comes down to class, right? Mm -hmm. And right now in Jefferson City, there is a, uh, a group of people that represent, you know, what, what I call the ruling class and, and their interests. So the Department of Labor has been gutted from the sense of, you know, timely processing uh, of payments to people in the state who are struggling to, to make ends meet, you know, and, and we're so blessed and, and fortunate to have our supplemental uh, unemployment benefits negotiated for us. But it's a night and day difference because when we had a governor and Governor Nixon and an administration that stood and worked for working people, uh, it was shown in their efforts. I mean, when you look at the transit layoff that took took place over a two-year period, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit on another episode. They uh, dedicated uh, officials for our union hall just to manage um, supplemental unemployment issues and, and state unemployment issues, ultimately deputizing uh, several of our elected officials to manage that. Now... Um, the state doesn't communicate back to the company the status of your claim, which prohibits the, the company or gives them the excuse sometimes, it seems to be, uh, to not process your subpayments. So you have members that ultimately go weeks if they don't proactively communicate with us their personal situation. And when you got 8,000 members, you know, you, we found people that have been waiting, you know, upwards of six, seven, eight weeks sometimes to get subpay, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, and then they, the frustration spills over and, and gets cast at the at the union. You know, the union negotiated the benefit. We can't process it at the state level. Mm -hmm. We can't process it in labor relations or in the payroll department. Um, so ultimately what we've had to do is completely pivot how we handle sub. You know, so we started uh, a new email so that people can directly report sub-issues to us. And then now we have to generate uh, through additional manpower, which comes at the expense of people's dues money, uh, to put them over at the hall to manage, manage the, the flow of traffic coming in. When you got 8,000 members, it's pretty <laughs> significant. And, and then we have to physically take those over to labor relations and hover over a labor rep and sit there and line by line have them process your subpay. So you go from one extreme to where they bring people in at the expense of the state to manage the processes on their end. Communication is direct with the company from point A at the state to point B in labor relations and your, pro your subpay is processed timely. You know, and it's not an accident. It's intentional. They don't want to process your unemployment. They hope that you give up is what they're right. hoping. Right. Because a certain right. number of people will just give up and not file a claim. Right. Which is sad. Um, and it's heartbreaking. But politics touches everything that we do. You know, we were talking about the Robin and the Women's Committee and how, I mean, say you're a single mother who has to go through the court system. You know, our CAP committee works with uh, local elected officials, including 
the judicial side of things. Mm -hmm. So if we build those relationships and we have people who are friendly to labor and working people in the court system, single parents going through these issues, and we all know we all have those things going on in our lives. If the corporate interests put their folks in office, they're not working for you to get through uh, collecting your child support payments that are lacked from a father who's not directly participating in, in right. their child's life. I mean, politics is big in every aspect, and it's all local. It hits you right in the gut. Right. Subpay is just one of them. Right, and, and uh, from what I take away that, you, I mean, a lot of great information, but from what I, I take away from that is our dues money is, is directly going to attack us. It is. I mean, yeah. that's that's. I mean, essentially, that's what. While we're paying our dues to protect us, we're essentially paying our dues for for a, a conservative Missouri to attack us. Well, that's that's unfortunately, you know, I think using the word conservative is not even fair. I mean, right. I think people identify as hell. I'm conservative on some issues, right? The reality is, it's class. You know, we've right. kind of fallen into class these traps yeah. of talking mm -hmm. about politics from every angle except for what really freaking matters—the <laughs> working class, the, yeah. what class you belong to, and the rich and the powerful. Uh, they have their tentacles in every layer of government, every layer, mm -hmm. and we pay a price for it. Mm -hmm. And we have to, whether it's from the pillar of the women's committee perspective, or all the way down to the rec committee. You know, you would, how do you think, how does politics impact the recreation committee? Well, the truth is, most of our events are at socially funded parks mm -hmm. and facilities uh, that we oftentimes end up putting our time and money and energy into upkeep so that we can continue to provide our membership access to the fishing tournaments, the softball tournaments, you know, the parks that we go to to have the children's events. Politics is in everything we touch. And it, and it matters regardless of the committee, right. and that's what they're all designed to do is build strength around that particular angle and, and build our strength internally and, just as importantly, externally. As we talk about politics, one of the major, one of the major um, things coming down the legislative pipeline is the PRO Act. Um, we've seen Joe Manchin just come on um, as a co-sponsor. We have several other senators who, uh, Greg, you know, you know their names. Yeah, uh, Mark Kelly and Kristen Cinema from Arizona, and then Mark Warner from Virginia have not signed on. All Democrats. All Democrats. All, all Democrats. And as Jason mentioned earlier, that you know that uh, very poignantly was you know we're, we get trapped in this class, or we get trapped in these aspects of Democrats versus uh, conservatives, and you know this is a working class bill, the Pro Act. Now I'm going to throw you on the spot here, Robin. Um, uh, the passage of the PRO Act would, would change unions for the better. But how would it affect women in unions? And more importantly, how would it affect women who, who um, are working class non-union members for, for the better? Uh, working class non-union members for the better, it would give you security, not just for yourself, but for your entire family. Um, and it, it would shore up a career because if if you become protected by that act, then your union, uh, and your, your, your local, so to speak, is protected. And that means longevity. 
that means that you you build a career and and you're in it to win it so to speak you know what your future looks down the road for women for mothers for parents single women without a, a current union that protects them um you would understand what it means to be a part of something that is actually of privilege but it's also security within that privilege and it would allow you to uh gain more more money for your household your medium income would go up uh you'd be able to provide more things for your family for your children it also says to women out there that are not involved in the local that are not involved in any politics you you kind of need to open your eyes and also know that it's not just a class you want to be a part of but you want to be a part of something that stands to represent you and i tell people that it's not that i go left or that i go right it's that i go labor and that's who I am as a laborer. Amen. And as a laborer, yep. that's what you need to stand for. And that's how it'll make the big difference. Oh, we'll start clapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Robin's 100% right. Um, I mean, you have to look at the truth, right? And sometimes we get uncomfortable talking about it. Women are underpaid mm-hmm. yeah. in comparison to men, period. I mean, 75, 74 and a half cents on the dollar, essentially. You know, in a union environment and in a country that embraces unionism and lifts people up, uh, on on a level playing field, it gives you power as a as a woman as a man um, to, to to lift yourself out of whatever situation you may find yourself in through the wages and protections that a union brings to your life and your household. You know, and, and again, the numbers are not in our favor. I mean, seven just under seven percent of the the private sector is unionized in this country. When we we look at the times when people had opportunity as working people, that number was upwards of 35, almost 40 percent. You know, wealth has continued to be concentrated in fewer and fewer hands. And it's not the women we work with. It's not the men we work with. Mm-hmm. It's the top one percent. Hell, it's one-tenth of one percent when you really get down to it. Right. And so that's what the PRO Act ultimately has built into it. Are we going to get it passed? It's going to take a lot of pressure by working people on Democrats in particular who espouse to be on the side of working people. You know, it's easy to say it. And as Greg pointed out, there's a few who are refusing to show it right now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a broad movement within the labor community right now that if you're not going to stand behind the PRO Act, you should not get any contributions from labor mm-hmm. organizations, period. And that has to be cemented into our mindset. Republican, Democrat is irrelevant. I, and you said it better than I think I've ever heard it. Yeah. You know, I don't go left, I go right, I go labor. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt. I know. That good. But that's where we're at. And uh, we have to get our members to awaken and see the battles that we're in, uh, whether it's the Women's Committee or CAB Committee, that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the realities we face collectively and come together to build the power of this local to combat them because we all want things. Well, wanting is easy. It's what are you willing to do? And more importantly, what are you willing to fight for? Uh, and I know working with Robin and, and the, the crew that are on my standing committees as chairs, man, we're in good shape. We have great up-and-coming leadership that's going to secure our local for a long time. Uh, but we need more hands on deck. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I just want to acknowledge, I don't go left, I don't go right, <laughs> I go labor one more time. I know. <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant. Oh, thank uh, you. That was, Very I good. mean, 
I'm, that's going to be a T-shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's it will be. be that, that's going to be. That's going to be the solidarity. That's going to be the solidarity podcast T-shirt. It will be. <laughs> I don't go left. I don't go right. I don't. I go labor. Yeah. Just done, Robin. And it's going to have quote Robin Taylor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Jason was touching on some good things too, where you have to realize that yeah, we're talking about a federal act in the Pro Act, mm-hmm. and that's going to fix a lot of things if we can get enough pressure to get that passed. But we still have to keep paying attention to state and local and everything because they'll they'll try missouri right now they're trying to pass uh, right to work county by county right because we voted it down at statewide so yes this is going to fix a lot of things and needs to happen but we have to keep paying attention to each and every level because they're like jason said the tentacles are everywhere they're going to try to yeah well i think when you talk about state level i think one of the most important ones that's going on right now in jefferson city is they're trying to limit or reduce the number of weeks you can actually collect unemployment benefits right now if you're a uaw member that's a big deal to you right because if they limit the number and we find ourselves in an indefinite layoff situation then you start chipping away really quickly at your defined sub credits Right, so this is a big deal. When they make these attacks, if they reduce that to from 13 to I think it's 10. 10, yeah. You know, so 10 weeks out, and we're into an indefinite layoff situation, which in my 26 years has thankfully never happened, but we have seen it happen at other locations mm-hmm. across the country significantly. We've been pretty isolated from some of the serious stuff, but you start digging into those subcredits. Our newer members have 13 weeks. Right, so that's something that every person should be very concerned of, because in 26 weeks you could find yourself in a real jam if something really mm-hmm. bad was going on. Yep. Yeah, and 20, 26 weeks isn't that long. No, <laughs> no, I mean no. it's not. No, uh, but I, I, I don't want to touch on the fact that uh, why we talk about labor and we talk about state, we we talk about politicians. Uh, it re- really, really, really comes down to our membership. I mean, that's where it really comes down. It's easy to blame a politician. It's easy to blame a state senator or a federal senator. It's easy to blame the president, whichever side you're on. But ultimately, who elects these people, who, who uh, funds these people, are us, the working class. Right. You know? Um, so as, as members of the CAP committee, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting with three former members right here, current member, Right. What is, what is the best way to uh, not make somebody understand, but show somebody that they are the power, especially in our local, uh, was when it comes to politics? How, how do you uh, bridge that divide between, as Jason put it and as Robin put it, uh, working class from, from being uh, labeled a conservative to being labeled a liberal to, be, to accepting your place as a member of the working class? Now, how would, how would you do that well i I think if if you just want to talk about the broader membership Mm -hmm. you don't have to join the cap committee like we talked about earlier every committee that that we have touches politics Mm -hmm. oftentimes Mm -hmm. without even being aware of it Mm -hmm. right right just building that strength in the community brings us leverage the the bigger we are Mm -hmm. the stronger we are the more power we have the more power we have the more fights we win so literally if, if you're passionate about playing softball and events and you want to join the rec committee without even knowing it you're making us politically stronger mm-hmm. right if you are focused on membership education you want to drive awareness on the history of our union and and our role 
on the education committee, you're going to make us stronger politically. Mm -hmm. If you join the women's committee and you empower women to, to take on leadership roles, not only internally but externally, you're making us more powerful politically. You don't have to embrace politics and be a policy wonk like Greg, <laughs> right, that knows the stuff inside and out to make us stronger politically. What you have to do is just embrace unionism, whether that's playing sports, whether that's doing community service work, whether that's doing consumer affairs work, you are making us stronger as a local. And when you make us stronger as a local, we win. You know, I talked about one other episode that 40% of our folks, our members, do not vote. Right. That's the number one thing. If, if I could fix one thing to make us stronger, it's just getting people to engage and go vote. Right. Right? You don't have to join a committee to make us stronger. Just go vote. If, if you're not aware, you know, one of the things, you know, we get a lot of pushback is, you know, why is the union telling us how to vote? Or, you know, why does the union attack the politicians I support? When the true question everybody needs to be asking is, why is the politician that I support attacking my union? Right. Right. Because <clears throat> right? if you're frustrated at the union, it's not delivering the right. things that you feel are adequate in return for your dues dollars. There's a reason for that. Right. We're being attacked. And you got to ask yourself some real tough questions and then look at the score at the end. You know, there's a reason we do what we do. If you don't like it and it makes you uncomfortable, then question it. Work to change it. Right. Don't blame anybody. Well, as evidenced by uh, the subpay discussion we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier, I mm -hmm. mean, I mean, that's it's an attack. That's it what is it an is. attack. It's an attack. And it's easy. It, it, like you like you said, it's easy to get frustrated at our local for for something that we see our local for i mean that's we we see our the leadership at our local more often than we see any boss we see any politician and it's easy to direct that frustration sure. to the people we yeah. see rather than the people behind the behind the curtain mm -hmm. pulling the strings yeah. well it's difficult right now i mean I'll, fisher and i last week you know we're, we're struggling mightily to expedite this process as best we could and at one point I looked at Jim, I said, Jim, we just don't have any allies. You know, we got Nicole uh, Galloway, who's the auditor. She's the highest ranking uh, statewide official that's a, a pro-labor supporter. Mm -hmm. You know, so she's very limited. But mm -hmm. she, I tell you what, she was the first phone call we received, right, um, from a politician saying, hey, I see what's going on. I just want you to know uh, that I'm with you guys. Whatever you need, don't hesitate to ask. And I said, I, I'm going to ask for one thing right now. I said, I need a good contact to the Department of Labor that can clarify what the hell is actually going on. Why is the right. state not reporting back to Ford our members' uh, sub -pay, or their state payment processes? And take a big guess on that. Yeah, I'd take a big <laughs> guess. But she delivered, you know, <clears throat> and ultimately did, did the phone call uh, produce a lot of fruit? No. But at least now they know that we're on them we're going to keep pressuring them and keep pressuring them and now ford instantly calls after that saying hey why are you calling and harassing the state of missouri i said well you guys can't keep pointing the finger at each other and leave us standing here in the middle because mm -hmm. we'll burn you both down if we have to to get, <laughs> to get our membership what they're entitled right. to get right and that's what they were doing you know they're just crossing fingers pointing at each other and we're not going to put up with that but I constantly think, man, if those 40% 40 
followed through and voted and participated. And we had a governor and a legislature and, and a state senate um, and county level government that worked on our behalf. How easy our jobs would be, mm-hmm. how much uh, more efficient our members w- would receive the good pieces of le- or, uh, language that are negotiated on our behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And would ultimately empower us to negotiate better language yeah. right. to further our gains mm-hmm. at the collective bargaining table instead of fighting like crazy just to hold on to what's left. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're kind of treading water right. at this point, and that's and, and we're touching on all the things. Something that I always tell people is look at it like this. No matter what your interests are outside of work, if you're not getting that paycheck or you're not getting your sub pay on time, you no longer can afford to do what you want to do outside of work. Mm-hmm. And that's the mindset I try to get people in when I'm telling them, listen, I know this person doesn't align exactly with everything you believe in, but they're going to make sure you get paid on time. They're not going to let Ford have that money sit in their bank account gaining interest when it should be in your bank account gaining interest. Right. Oh, I, I just wanted to add, uh, for the membership in the local, uh, both what Jason and Greg said, the biggest piece about that is, is here's the food for thought. Disconnect on a federal level and get connected on a local and a state level. Get connected within the state of Missouri and look at the people that make a difference. I mean, because we can all go in the plan every day and have an argument with the person next to us about who we choose to support. But at the end of the day, again, don't go left, don't go right, go labor and stand in the middle and figure out who supports you. And if you don't know that, the doors of the hall are open. We are always welcome to provide any information you need for those people or of those people that stand for our causes, that champion and stand behind labor and working class people. So take away from from the big things that happen on a federal level and come back to the local connection and ask yourself as you watch the TV or you want to go fishing or you want to go out back shooting or hunting, is this person that I'm rallying for, do they truly stand behind me? Or then you, because you, you don't want to say the what ifs and you look up tomorrow on uh, television and now you no longer have nothing. And it's thanks to this guy that you've been t- uh, screaming his good graces forever. You got a hallelujah flag waving off the back of your truck and he's the one that took your job he's the one that's taking your pay so disconnect if you can from a federal level and become connected and grounded on a local level to figure out truly who stands for you and if you don't want to do your due diligence and that homework guess what you got a team of people over at that hall that do and just come and ask that's all i say come and ask no that's that's a very that's a i mean an excellent point because i mean ultimately here in kansas city we have a, a lot of good local works uh um and I can I can think of you know uh, you know the our cap committee we we promote uh, local auditors we we promote mm-hmm. local uh, um, county commissioners county commissioners <laughs> thank you I was, I was for some reason I was thinking mayor but I was and then we we also partnership we also go in partnership with organizations that promotes tenants rights before mm-hmm. it's fight for fifteen here at a local level and, uh, and 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 as you pointed out so eloquently Robin is. These people move up. Yeah, they move up, and if and, and if we if we grab them here at the local level, like our our local does, like uh, Jason, I like to refer to Jason as a little bit of a futurist, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, he he has he has the ability to reminisce about the future to quite an extent, and he he sees this uh, quite a bit, and um, 
and you you notice a night and day difference from when uh, I had the, I had the fortunate uh, circumstance to start getting involved uh, pre star presidency and now I, I'm more involved uh, post star presidency you know or during uh, current star presidency and uh, you just see the night and day difference between that and uh, where our future where our local is headed to where it's uh, going now and uh, not not saying that there wasn't great members or great leadership in the hall I'm just saying that you know it's again just like you uh, taking over the women's committee it's pushed in a direction that's uh, membership uh, oriented mm -hmm. well and that's something that I think it's it's becoming more and more obvious that we have to play just as long game as the people who are against us are playing mm -hmm. and they've been playing this game for 50 60 70 years mm -hmm. and so yes we definitely need people like Robin people like Jason that are planning for that future or, or trying to set up the things that will let us accomplish what we need to accomplish yeah, it, it, it just requires being aware, right? You know, I, th I think that's all I would ask of any member is just work to become aware. Have that awareness of what's going on. That's all we're trying to accomplish mm -hmm. is give you the facts, the data, and give you the ability uh, through self-empowerment to make those decisions for yourself. And as workers, and especially as UAW members, we're blessed to have the ability to do that mm -hmm. on a whole host of issues. But that, for me, that, that's all I, w I would really ask is, j is just to get engaged, whether it's on the women's committee or whatever committee of your choice. I want to give you that opportunity. Our leadership team wants to give you that ability um, because some, it, it, it feels like sometimes, you know, we're sitting down uh, against a master level chess player and we're just now figuring out the game's not checkers, right? It, it, it's, we're getting outplayed, we're getting outspent, we're being outgunned, and we can't be complacent. We, we got to get engaged in the game, uh, understand how the game's played, even when you don't like it, mm -hmm. right? It'd be great to live in a perfect society that represented the interests of all people equally. But to be straight with you, I think everybody in their heart knows that's not the case. Uh, corporate interests and their money are dictating the outcome um, every day. And we're gonna keep losing if we don't engage in the process. Every member has to challenge himself internally to figure out what level they're going to play. You know, not, not everybody is going to be a committee chair. Um, but that's why we ask people to contribute to CAP, is if you're not able to because you, you have the family events and things of that nature going on, Robin's right. We have the people that are there doing that. But that's mm -hmm. why we have to collectively pool our resources together to fight back. And we don't do it on the level that the corporations do, but we have to do it. And if we don't, we'll continue to lose. We're going to continue talking about contracts and what they used to have in them instead of coming together and fighting to make improvements. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's it. And uh, with that, I want to thank Robin. I want to thank Robin for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, I look, we all look forward to seeing what is going to come out of the women's committee in the future it's going to be great thank you uh, also thank you for letting us steal your i'm not left i'm not right i'm not labor <laughs> yeah, you, you haven't given permission but it's stolen <laughs> uh also i also want to thank our previous guest uh, jim fisher uh jay bosler uh sade Ott, um jason star uh we have this you'll be our fifth you'll be our oh, fifth yeah. episode okay our sixth episode will have uh our bargaining 
members Dean Freed, uh, Don Picard, and Steve Chorbach, along with uh, our president, Jason Starr. Uh, so listen for that. And again, thank you all. And it, membership leads the way. I mean, that's what it is. So if you can't get involved, if you don't, if you don't know how to get involved, talk to call our president, talk to a standing committee chair, talk to another standing committee member, uh, just make it make it done, right? Again, Robin, thank you. Thank and you. And stay solid. <laughs>